Thank you very much for tuning in to the All You Listening Now podcast, where I will talk about any and everything. I am your host, Johnny, back at it again for another week. Hey, yo, I want to give a big shout out to my man, David Ortiz, who played for my Boston Red Sox for getting elected first ballot into the Hall of Fame. In my opinion, the man was a Hall of Famer, so congrats to you. However, to you baseball writers, you all are hypocrites. As much as I like David Ortiz, he did test positive once for steroids, but you let him in. But the best baseball player of all time, Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, can't sniff a ballot. You guys are hypocrites. You're really showing that if you don't like somebody, you're not going to put them in. But David Ortiz, congrats to you. Nevertheless, wherever you may be listening, I hope you have had a very, very good week. Because I know that I have as well. All right, ladies and gents, thank you all again for tuning in to the show, taking time out of your busy day to listen. I want to thank everybody who has taken the time out to, of course, tell your friends, family members, loved ones about the show. You all's word of mouth helping to promote the show with me has been a great help and I have seen the show grow because of it. So thank you very, very much for doing that. Also, the podcast gets played anywhere podcasts are being played nowadays. So when you do refer to the show, they can find me anywhere. On these different platforms, there is an option to like and rate the show and even subscribe to the show. If you do that, it'll alert you anytime a new episode is coming out. So that way it automatically sends it to you that easy. So on the different platforms, if you have the option to subscribe, please do that. It'll help me out tremendously. Also in the description of the show notes, I'll leave timestamps for the different segments of the show. So that way, if you are a little crunched for time and you don't have the opportunity to listen to the entire show, you can find the segment of the show that you actually want to listen to. So look for those timestamps in the description. But on today's show, let me start off with this. So yes, I know there are plenty of people that are milking that Marvel money from actors to content creators like myself. Out of my 64 shows that I have now done in the podcast, I've had a few shows that has been Marvel related, (laughs) I will admit, but... With the next phase of Marvel shows and movies coming out, I wanted to give a my top five list of villains that are a part of Marvel Comics that I feel we need to see in the MCU. I don't know if it has to be in this particular phase, but at least at some point. There is so much that the MCU can peel from the comics that lets me know that the MCU is going to be around for a while. So I do believe that at some point that these villains will actually be brought in. But let's talk about the five that I think we need to see. My fifth villain that Marvel should bring in, and we already know that they are, is 
Dr. Doom. So I know that Victor Von Doom has already been seen in the Fantastic Four movies that have been put out. And it makes sense, of course, considering he is the main villain of the Fantastic Four, but we haven't got to see what the MCU Doom will do. And I have to tell you, if they really use a lot of things about Dr. Doom from the comics, then the MCU Dr. Doom is going to be great to see. The reason why I feel this way are a couple of reasons. The first one is that I don't think a lot of people realize that Dr. Doom is actually pretty insanely smart. When you look at his backstory in Marvel Comics, he and Reed Richards, also known as Mr. Fantastic, went to the same school and both were stated to be rivals of one another when it came to their intellectual prowess. Now, Dr. Doom, or Victor Doom, as he was known at the time, was not as smart as Reed, but to be able to even rival the man lets me know that he is wildly capable and we haven't gotten to see that on full display during the other Fantastic Four movies. Since Marvel is working on another reboot of the Fantastic Four, and I actually have faith that this one's actually going to be good because it's done by Marvel Studios. Hopefully, though, they will do his character justice because I feel that he actually can and will play a huge role within the MCU. My fourth person on this list is Mr. Sinister. So for those of you who aren't aware of Mr. Sinister, let me actually give you a brief background into his story, which will explain why Marvel needs to actually bring him into the MCU. So Mr. Sinister, also known by his real name that I will butcher here, is Nathaniel Essex. He was a 19th century scientist that came in contact with Apocalypse. And since they both shared a philosophy of the world that was tied in social Darwinism, Apocalypse actually saw him as worthy, if you will. And he genetically mutated him. Um, think of it kind of like he does his horsemen's uh, when he grants them powers. Um, he did this for Mr. Sinister. With his newfound abilities, he was capable of cloning, enhancing a person's genetics, not on the same level of apocalypse, but, you know, still pretty impressive and controlling mutant abilities. Considering, as we know, the X-Men and mutants in general are coming to the MCU, Mr. Sinister would be a great first level antagonist for them. I know Magneto will probably be the first villain maybe um, that Marvel will go with for the X-Men, but they could, for like a second movie, for example, bring him in and have the X-Men take him on. Throughout Marvel Comics, he had many clashes actually with the X-Men and even Apocalypse for that matter. And his character isn't so powerful like, for example, the Molecule Man on Reese or the Beyonder that he can't be written into the MCU. The Molecule Man on Reese and the Beyonder, those two guys, people like that, they're just ridiculous. So it'll be kind of hard for Marvel to probably write them into the MCU. Maybe they will at some point, or even uh, Jim Jaspers, just insanely powerful people. They might incorporate them at some point. I just don't see it anytime in the future, but Mr. Sinister, they definitely can. Let's go to the third person on my list, and that is Mephisto. So as a fan of Marvel Comics, 
ever since we saw Dormammu in the first Doctor Strange movie, a lot of fans out there wanted to get and see Mephisto in the MCU. Heck, I remember doing the events of WandaVision, if y'all can think back, at the and at the beginning of Loki, we thought that Marvel was making some slight references of him and giving us some teasers and things of that nature. So it gave us hope that we will see him. And so far, we got nothing. But many of us fans agree, though, that Marvel needs to go ahead and stop playing with us and bring him into the MCU. Mephisto in Marvel Comics was one of the Hell Lords that ruled one of the dimensions of hell. Now, as you can imagine, much like any demon, he came with all the usual making a deal with the devil stuff and taking your soul stuff, you know, but the thing that makes him an interesting figure is his immense power when he is in his hell dimension. And the fact that even when he escapes there, he is still powerful enough to take on the likes of Dr. Strange and even the Silver Surfer because that happened in Marvel Comics. Yes, he was Marvel's version of what Christianity knows as the devil, but having him in the MCU, manipulating things in the background without having to see much of him could be a really great concept to see. I would think of it as a Palpatine figure in the MCU for all you Star Wars fans out there, how like Palpatine for years manipulated things in the background and then all of a sudden, bam, he came out, he was the Emperor. I can see Marvel going some, doing something like that with Mephisto's character in the MCU. Let's go to my number two and one of my favorite villains of all time, and that is Apocalypse. And the reason why I feel he needs to be in the MCU is based on the fact that when his character was brought to the big screen, and we should have seen a big event like we have for Thanos showing up. When Apocalypse showed up, it got butchered to hell by Fox. It just it got butchered to hell by Fox. Apocalypse is such a iconic and super powerful figure in Marvel that you can't do a one movie event with him. But that's what happened. And much like every Fantastic Four movie, his movie character needs a reboot. Seen by many as the major villain of the X-Men when Marvel brings him in, it's actually going to be huge when it happens in the MCU. Yes, I'm calling it right now. They will bring him in. You can book it. Now, we all know the X-Men are coming. So at some point, he is too. And me personally, I hope they use the storyline when they bring him in from the age of apocalypse from Earth 616 in the comics, where he basically took over the world and Bishop had to go back in time to warn the X-Men about him coming so they could actually prepare for his for him waking up and arriving. That would be movie gold and would also have to take place over at least two movies. Let's go to my number one and my final name on the list is the devourer of worlds and my all time favorite villain in Galactus. I know that in the latest Marvel comic book lore, he is now called the life bringer since he restores life of worlds. And I don't like that at all. Um, I like him better. I like him better as the devourer of worlds. 
Marvel should leave his character alone. And hopefully when he is introduced into the MCU, we will get the Devourer Galactus versus the Lifebringer Galactus. This can be easily done now that the Celestials have been shown. In Marvel Comics, Galactus was not a Celestial, but a nearly omnipotent figure with the power cosmic that grants him insane power. For anybody who's asking, yes, Galactus is more powerful than a Celestial. With this same power that he actually possesses, he, he is able to grant his heralds their power, like the Silver Surfer, for example. He could easily fit into the MCU with them having him basically in a bit of a war with the Celestials about destroying planets to make new Celestials and him needing to feed his hunger. Now, of course, we can't just have him fighting Celestials because, let's be honest, no one would actually really care about that. But what they could do is have him sending one of his heralds, it will be probably the Silver Surfer, to Earth to scout out the planet, getting into conflict and then having the Silver Surfer get in conflict with Earth's heroes to then join actually up with them and warning them that Galactus is coming so they can actually prepare for him. They could also go with the Wanderers. They got their planet devoured by Galactus. They were like the first planet that this happened, that Galactus did this to in Marvel Comics. And of course, since that happened, um, they actually run around from planet to planet to avoid him. And then having them show up on Earth to warn them about him coming, I think just fits perfectly into the MCU. Much like the other villains, Marvel has a few different ways that they could actually go about his character and is going to be lit when he is introduced. As long as they don't make him the life giver, please don't do that, Marvel. Please, 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 please don't do that. Um, for the love of all is holy, don't do that. His character is going to be, uh, trust me, it's going to be the big Nathanos coming when they actually introduce him. But that is my list of the five villains we need to see in the MCU. So let's see if Marvel actually grants us that wish. Let me switch gears to this. So as many of you may have already seen, my Super Bowl pick is half blown up um, since the Packers offensive players play like they had some bad Wisconsin cheese and lost to the 49ers. But Congrats to the 49ers, even though there goes my Super Bowl pick, at least from the NFC. The Chiefs, though, are still alive, and that game was amazingly epic with them and the Bills. But let's talk about and pick the two championship games and see if I can get a new Super Bowl pick right. So let's start with the AFC since we were just talking about the Chiefs. And in the AFC championship game, they're having to play Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. So the Bengals are back in the AFC championship game for the first time since the eighties. The Bengals have not been back in that long. So that should let you know just how long it's been since they actually had a franchise quarterback. No offense to Carson Palmer. I know he was there, but after he got hurt, that was the end of that. But they have a player now and Joe Burrow is looking like he may have next. They have to go into Arrowhead, which is a very tough place to play. I know the Bills came off and then went toe to toe with them. 
And we're about to find out if Joe Burrow and the Bengals have that type of pedigree about them and if they're ready for that spotlight. As we already know, this is the fourth straight year that the Kansas City Chiefs are not only in the AFC Championship game, but hosting it, which is actually a pretty phenomenal feat. Patrick Mahomes last week, well, he looked like the best quarterback in football. I know that his downfall was highly exaggerated by folks throughout the year because he didn't play like the MVP Patrick Mahomes that we saw a couple of years back, but he's still that dude. With the Chiefs being at home, what I think them winning that game, I already knew whoever got that coin flip in that Bills game and the Chiefs were going to win. And that's, that's exactly what happened. And I believe the Chiefs being at home one step from a Super Bowl. I don't think the Bengals are ready yet. I, th- I don't think they're going to blow them out or anything like that, mainly because one, we don't know if Tyrone Matthew is going to play because he actually got a concussion last week. And let's be honest, the Chiefs defense is not that great. So they're going to give us some points to the Bengals. I can definitely see that, but I just don't think the Bengals are going to be able to overcome the Chiefs at home. So I have Chiefs over Bengals giving me my right AFC prediction for the Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl. Let's go to the NFC side and we have a kind of unexpected NFC championship game between the Rams and the 49ers. I mean, look, last week, the Rams beat the Bucks. So much like I had said last week, until I literally see zeros on the clock, it says final and Brady team is down. I wasn't going to pick against them. Well, congrats to the Rams because they pulled it off. Matt Stafford actually proved and lived and at least so far has showed that, hey, yes, this is why you traded Jared Goff and some, and some draft picks for me. I am that dude. And last week, He actually showed that he was that dude completing that pass to Cooper Cup, who is playing like the best receiver in football, maybe tied with Devontae Adams, but he, you can make a case. Now, because of that, the Rams have the home AFC champ, uh, NFC, excuse me, championship game. And they're going up against the surprising red hot San Francisco 49ers. I mean, I don't, know what to say. I mean, the 49ers, they play one way, but they've been winning that way. They beat Dallas, who a lot of people predicted. They beat Green Bay, which I don't think anybody saw coming, but they certainly pulled that off too. And honestly, the 49ers play the Rams extremely well. Like this isn't going to be a cakewalk for the Rams. I know the Rams on paper are a better team than the 49ers. But this is actually going to be a really, really good game. Now, because of the talent, I'm going to pick the Rams. But it wouldn't shock me if the 49ers pulled off this upset and Jimmy G got to another Super Bowl. Could you imagine if Jimmy G gets to another Super Bowl? Like, what are they going to do with Trey Lance? They just drafted the kid. I mean, you're going to have to sit him. Like, you... Like you, he's just, it's just going to be an Aaron Rodgers thing where I think Aaron Rodgers came in and started in year three. I think it may be the same way for him. If Jimmy G gets him back to the Super Bowl, heck, I honestly think that the fact that he got onto the NFC championship game, that should give Jimmy G another year. But if he, def- if he gets in the Super Bowl for sure, and Lord have mercy, if he wins it, I'm going to go with the Rams. 
because I believe they have more talent. I think when when they started to collapse and crumble and the Buccaneers were coming back and with the game basically on the line because had that game gone in the OT, if the Buccaneers got the ball first, it was going to be much like the Chiefs and the Bills and Matthew Stafford pulled that throw off. Yep, I think it, I think it might be their time to get there or get back there rather because they were there just a few years ago. So I'm going with the Rams, which will set up a Rams-Chiefs Super Bowl. So those are my two championship game picks. Let's see if I'm going to be right about it. Either way, these are going to be two very, very entertaining games. All right, ladies and gents, let me switch gears to this. So before I get out of here, I want to apologize in advance, um, but rant incoming. Well, announced a little earlier this week in the United States, the Biden administration has pulled back the vaccine mandate for businesses. And some think that this had to come considering the Supreme Court just a week prior has shot down the mandate in the court. Now, some people are mad about this happening because they either want a forever pandemic or they're wanting to continue to push their fear based science on people and force folks to either comply or be separated from society. Before you get to thinking though, that this is me taking a shot at pro vaccine folks. Um, it isn't because for the most part, I actually agree that most people in the U S should actually look into taking a vaccination considering 88% of our country is deemed unhealthy according to a medical study done by the UNC uh, medical team. As you all know, I am not vaccinated, but again, I've had tests done. So I know that I have low comorbidities, even though I have a preconsistent addition with my lungs because of my very low uh, comorbidity count and the fact that I actually take very good care of my health. Well, I've been one. Of, I'm not saying I'm in that 12% of people who's healthy, but I think I'm pretty close because I understand my body's genome. I've been, it's, I've been fortunate enough to actually get that information. Now, Having said that, my stance on this has everything to do with freedom and allowing a person, though, to make a choice by themselves. No government should have the right to mandate anything when it comes to our health. And one of the bad things about this actually happening, though, is for me, all the men and women who have been fired due to their companies jumping the gun and forcing vaccine mandates on their employees. If I had to guess, most of that was done not for health reasons, but as a way to virtual signal to the masses, since we know that companies tend to do things based on if they believe the optics of doing it will make them look forward thinking as they believe they are. But now we are here and thousands of people have been forced out of jobs and thousands to millions more people who probably didn't want to take the vaccination in the first place, took it to keep their jobs. Now, since that happened, will these people be able to get their jobs back? Will the government or those companies cover any future issues that could 
come based on when we actually find out more about the effects of this vaccine? The answer to both of these questions is unknown, but if I had to guess, it's probably not going to happen because as much as our government and these companies say they care about people, they actually really don't. They only care about you being able to help them meet their bottom line because at the end of the day, they are a business after all. I have made the case before that most things done with the argument of the greater good never truly helps the greater good. And this is just a latest example of this. During the pandemic, we have seen depression rise, suicides rise, and mental illness even in children rise. And forcing people into a corner was never a good idea. And it's just sad to see these types of things happening. Now, I will say this. I am glad, though, that we still have enough people that know the value of freedom in this country. And it came from both people who who even took the vaccine and then even folks that didn't. Rallies and protests happened to shout down this vaccine mandate. And I got to tell you, this is what coming together actually looks like. This is for the greater good that everyone should actually get behind. But I know, sadly, if you look at the mainstream media, those, well, jackadoodles still haven't come over to this side yet. But when they do, we'll welcome them with open arms. Now, as we know, however, once you give the government power, they aren't going to give it back. So I'm sure that even though this has gone away, there will be other things that we, the people, will have to stand up and fight against. We have more in common than we actually think we do. And hopefully this will be the start of our country coming back to a path of togetherness. I just hope it doesn't have to be because our freedoms are being threatened by the elite fools that think they know better than we the people who elected them. All right, ladies and gents, ran over. But... Thank you very much for tuning in again for today's show. I'm going to go ahead and get out of here for the week. Again, if you enjoy the content you're listening to here, give me a like and a subscribe on those different podcasting platforms. I would greatly appreciate it. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your loved ones, tell everybody. Until next time, you all have a very, very great week. And I'll talk to you all later. Peace.